All right, welcome back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I am Ernesto Sanchez. I'm here with John Downing. Marty Griffin's going to be phoning in today, and we're here to give you a quick roundup of this week in sports. Johnny, how you doing? I'm good. Welcome back home. Thank you. Yeah, fresh back from vacation. A little bit more gay than I was before. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, I went to Palm Springs. There you go. It was very nice. Got a little sugar in your tank. Yep. Did some shopping at Tommy Bahama. Wow. You know, did a lot of fun things out in the uh, Palm Spring land. Oh, yeah. See, so you're, you're a little pink on the forearms here. Yep. Went to the pool. Did some nice hiking hiking at the Joshua Tree. Went to the presidential retreat. It's uh, Camp David out west, Sunnylands. Oh. Hmm. Where the um, presidents since Eisenhower have been taking other world leaders to discuss worldly, um, you know, world worldly Shit. ideas and whatever <laughs> they need to discuss. It's a it's a pretty cool retreat though. Actually, checking it out. The big house was closed, but the the lands that was open and we were able to walk around and it was really nice. And did you get out to Vegas? No, no Vegas because they have casinos in Palm Springs right there. Um, Agua Caliente is the downtown Palm Springs casino. Palm Springs was a lot bigger than I thought it was. I thought it was just like kind of like one road, but you no, know, it's like a big, like a big city almost out there. And it was really nice. They had a beginners area at the casino, so my sister and her boyfriend and myself were able to sit down in the beginners area at a blackjack table, three dollar table, and just like she didn't know what she was doing at the casino, so it was good because she got to learn. And, you know, the the dealer helps, and they even gave her, like, a blackjack card, by the book type card. Oh, really? Do. Yeah. Huh. So Was it, like, a $1 and $5 table? $3 table. $3. $3 table, yep. That's and fun. So, yeah, she ended up making out better than any of us, so so it was pretty helpful. And uh, the, the slots weren't very good. We play, I played some slots at the end just because I was close to even, and I wanted to you know, at least have it go one way or the other. And so I threw 100 bucks in the slots on my way out. and Bing, bang, see boom. See you later. Got, yeah, see you later. <laughs> I never got the point of slots. I know some people who can like sit there and just plow through them and sit Stina's there for hours. Whiz at the slots. She, I don't, she, she kills the slots. I don't get it. You, isn't, you, isn't it just like dumb luck? I, she's good at them. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, the only time I ever hit good was in Vegas, too, with her. But, yeah, I mean, it is just dumb luck. Yep. And sometimes the slots just, you know, you can sit down and play and they'll give you some money back and then you win some and then you lose some. But for me, most of the time, Every it's, time just, I, yeah. it's just lose, 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 lose over and just that's annoying. That's, <laughs> that's no fun for anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you. Uh, how about this? You take half the money you were going to spend on the slots. Give it to me. We'll go out back. I'll kick you in the nuts and we'll call yeah, it a day. Something like that works. So. <laughs> it's like that's a better deal. All right, well, let's get right into our number 48. Um, I will go first. Okay. I am going with uh, a man, actually, that I hate very much. Ditto. Talking Daniel Jean-Claude Danny Brière, uh, born October 6, 1977, uh, former Canadian professional ice hockey player and current executive. Um, he was drafted in the first round of the 96 NHL entry draft by the Phoenix Coyotes, and he's also played for the Sabres, Montreal Canadiens, and Colorado Avalanche, but he's most known 
as a Philadelphia yes, Flyer. That's where I hate him from. Yes. Oh, God, I fucking hate him. Uh, he's one of the top Stanley Cup playoff performers in NHL history with 116 points in 124 career playoff games. But something that warms my heart down to the very bottoms of the cockles. Johnny, can you tell me how many cups he has? Well, probably zero. Zero. Uh, internationally, Briere won four gold medals uh, in as many appearances with Team Canada at the 1994 World U18 Championships, the 97 World Juniors, and the 2003-2004 World Championships. Right now, uh, he is running the day-to-day operations for the Maine Mariners in the ECHL. Yeah, just I'm part of that Philadelphia Flyers team that I grew up hating. He went to Philly in 06-07, so that's about right when I started uh, getting back into hockey. We had just drafted Sidney Crosby the year before. Uh, it just, like, I fucking hate him. Um, you know, 2012, when we just flower completely shit the bed and we lost to the flyers man that was really gut-wrenching i I don't really have much more to say about him he was an all-star a couple times Uh, on his 17-year career he had 973 games played 307 goals 389 assists uh, 696 points 744 penalty penalty minutes uh, you know, he played with an edge to his game. Uh, one of those guys that would leave his feet when delivering a check. Um, but talented and uh, and a clutch playoff player. Uh, but never won the championship, so fuck you, Danny Breer. That's my number 48. Cool. Uh, let's kick it over to Marty. Driving down the highway, boys. Thinking about my uh, number 48, and I'm so excited to talk about this guy. I've been dying to get to 48. We're talking about the Moose. Yes, Daryl Moose Johnson. Come from University of Syracuse. 89 to 99 played with the Dallas Cowboys. Probably the best fullback to ever touch the ball for the Dallas Cowboys. So good that in 93, the league changed its rules basically a little bit uh, so he could be voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a fullback never had been done before before that so a little uh change in history the guy was a game changer for sure one hell of a run blocker uh could could catch the ball come out of the backfield too i think second most all-time of running backs to catch uh passes out of the backfield uh two-time uh pro bowl like i just mentioned 93 to 94 also uh was three-time three-time yes super bowl champion for the dallas cowboys back in the 90s my heyday uh, when the Cowboys actually was relevant. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, known as the Moose because he just towered over all the other running backs uh, during camp. But yeah, uh, now does uh, broadcasting here and there uh, and is dabbling in Arena Football League, I believe. Um, but yeah, just wanted to talk about that guy. One of my favorites of all time, Daryl Moose Johnson. All right, and that was Marty with his number 48 from inside of a convertible uh, doing 90 on the Autobahn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny, you want to go with yours? Sure. Uh, my number 48 is Jacob Anthony DeGrom, born June 19th, 1988. He's an American professional baseball pitcher for the New York Mets. If you enjoyed watching Pedro Martinez pitch, 
then you'll probably enjoy watching Jacob DeGrom pitch because um, the way he throws the baseball, if you overlay it with the way Pedro Martinez throw, threw the baseball, it's identical. They have the identical same wind-up motion, follow-through, everything. So if I, if you were ever a fan of Pedro, you got to be most likely a fan of watching DeGrom. That's one of the things I really love about DeGrom, just the, the style, with he, the way he pitches, and the power he generates is impressive. Uh, he pitches for the New York Mets. Uh, prior to playing professionally, DeGrom attended Stetson University. That's where he played college baseball. He throws right... He bats left. He has currently has a win loss record of sixty six and forty nine, with an ERA of two point six two, one thousand two hundred fifty five career strikeouts. He's pitched for the Mets from two thousand and fourteen to current day. He's a three time All Star, All MLB first team in twenty nineteen. He's won the Cy Young each of the last two years, twenty eighteen and two thousand nineteen. He was the Rookie of the Year in two thousand fourteen. He led the MLB in ERA in 2018 and in strikeouts and in 2019. He holds the MLB record for 30 straight starts, allowing three runs or less. And he also hold, ties for the record for most consecutive strikeouts to start a game with eight. Uh, DeGrom began playing baseball as a shortstop and was converted into pitcher during his junior year at Stetson University. The Mets selected him in the ninth round of the 2010 MLB Draft. And he made his MLB debut with the Mets on May 15, 2014. That year, DeGrom was named the National League's Rookie of the Month twice. And that's the year he also earned NL Rookie of the Year. In 2015 and 2018, along with 2019, DeGrom was selected as an MLB All-Star. And in 2019, he led the NL in strikeouts and won the Cy Young Award for the second year in a row. Uh, so that's my number 48, Jacob DeGrom. All right. Very good. Um, before we get any further uh, in the podcast, I think we should just um, get right to uh, t- talking about what's on everybody's mind right now, what's been all over the news, uh, even non-sports news and people who aren't into sports uh, af- affected by uh, the sudden death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and uh, was it seven other people? Yes, uh, in a helicopter. Cod baseball league coach too. In a helicopter crash, when you lose a legend this young and this suddenly, you know, and then also all the kids that were on that flight uh, and everybody, you know, it's, it just breaks your heart, you know, that the, that these things happen and and that this is a reality of the world we live in. That no one's immune. Yeah, when it's your time, it's your time, but. Uh, it's it's really been striking to see everybody's coming out of the woodwork and has something to say. I mean, when, when's the last time you saw everybody kind of kind of pulled together? Well, he was such a great basketball player. He had the real killer instinct, and I think a lot of that gets lost in today's NBA with the banana boat crew and everyone being friends. You know, going back to joining up teams with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, and you know now it's about and you know, Durant joining the Warriors with Steph Curry. Now all the best players are they team up and they're friends with each other, and you know they play they they try to play with one another. Back when Kobe was thriving, it was, um, you know, he would never dream of doing something like that. That was never a thing for him. You know, in fact, Shaq and him 
couldn't get along. And so Shaq left to go play with Dwayne Wade in the heat because he couldn't stand Kobe anymore. Kobe just had that killer instinct and, you know, and he was just incredible winning five championships, three, he won with Shaq and then two on his own and then losing a sixth to the Celtics in 2008. But yeah, I think it was the killer instinct is something that I'll never forget that Mamba mentality that he had. And, you know, he's got a lot of great quotes out there, you know, just about having the instinct and overcoming pain and putting in work when other people aren't working. And those are a lot of things that I'll remember about Kobe, Kobe Bryant. And I heard it when I was on my, on the plane on the way back and I was like, someone's like, Kobe died. And I'm like, what? I just heard the night before LeBron passed him as third all time as the mm-hmm. highest scoring player in NBA history. And I know that they were like talking to each other and making statements about it or whatever the night, this was the night before. And so then the next morning, and I was in Southern California when it, when it was happening or on the plane leaving Southern California. And I remember my mom saying, man, is this fog or smog? What is this out here? And I, I was like, no, it's fog. And it was so foggy in Southern California that day or the night before and into that morning. And I remember like being outside of the hotel, smoke ripping butts and being like, man, it's so foggy. And I was, we were right by the airport, um, in the hotel and you could hear the planes above and you couldn't see them. It was that foggy when they were landing right, like right next to us and you couldn't see them. And I was like, man, I think our flight's going to get delayed and it didn't get delayed, but I know the LAPD grounded their helicopters. And so it just makes you wonder what would make somebody go out in that fog. It was, it was, if they didn't have to, because it was intense, man. Like I tell I want to tell you it was foggy. It was foggy as fuck. Like the planes were landing and they were right, right next to you and you still couldn't see them. Hmm. So I don't know. Just kind of a tragedy. Yeah. But definitely. Yeah. It's, it's feels very preventable. You know, yeah, but uh, and apparently they felt no pain, you know, and they were flying low and they were going like 190 miles an hour in the helicopter and they just smashed right into a mountain because it was so foggy they couldn't see. Yeah, I mean, but I hope they, I I mean, did they really need to get to where they were going? I mean, I wonder, and the plane was 29 years old. I wonder if it's one of those things where, um, you know, when. Kobe Bryant wants to be taken somewhere. Kobe Bryant gets taken somewhere. Weather be damned. Right. So, um... Yeah, old plane. They were using an old system on the plane, so we didn't even have the modern technologies of the new helicopter. So, just kind of a crazy series of events that led to it, and seems like it could have been avoided. And so you've heard the, um... All of the tributes that have come out and uh, some of the interviews. I mean, Doc Rivers could barely speak in his comments. Uh, Shaq released a statement. Popovich, uh, you know, after the game. Uh, a lot of, a few of the games, you know, obviously moment of silence and all that. But um, to start the game, the they didn't play for the first eight and uh, 24 seconds. I believe that was the Spurs and the Raptors. But and, a lot of teams did it. Yeah, right? each, then, each team would take a 24-second violation. And then some teams would even do the eight-second backcourt, backcourt violation because Kobe wore number eight and 24, right. respectively. Right. Uh, and then another on-the-court tribute that I thought was amazing was in Atlanta, Trey Young, who was one of... Uh, 
Bryant's kind of proteges, you know, a guy taken under his wing a little bit. And he was really close with Bryant's daughter, Gigi, um, who passed. And in this game, he had, what was it, uh, 45 points, 14 assists. Um, just a, a dominating performance by this young guy on what was an undoubtedly a really emotional uh, night for him. I'm, I'm always in awe of athletes that can uh, endure a loss and then translate it to uh, a dominant performance, you know, on the field or on the court. Or, or how about the, the guys that, I'm going to be a dick here, but it's because I hate the guy. How about like the guys like Kyrie Irving who just bags out and leaves the arena? No teammates, you go play. This isn't for me. I gotta go deal with this on my own. That guy's such a d- douchebag. Yeah. F that guy. You know, that's a time to like be around your teammates and celebrate a great basketball life, not go be by yourself. But that, w- w- what else would you expect from someone like Kyrie? What a fucking loser that guy is. Yeah. Well, I think right now we should uh, kick it over to Marty and get some of his thoughts. Kobe Bryant taken way too soon from us. Leaves behind his wife, three daughters. As you know, on that flight uh, is by now daughter Gianna, 13 years old, and seven other passengers died this past Sunday uh, in a helicopter crash. Um, So many questions left unanswered as to what happened that day. Why fly in those conditions? You know, if LAPD themselves grounded their own helicopters, why resume this flight or continue this flight? Were the passengers informed on the risks? Uh, if so, why continue to take those risks just to make a game? I don't know. I, I, I think I just want to be angry at something or someone. We as humans deal with death and departure a great deal throughout our lives. But when it's so sudden and un- unforeseen, it just shakes you to the core. It reminds us all how fragile life is. I don't want to yield to, you know, quite yet to the fact that he and Gianna and the seven of the passengers have departed this earth. If this is the pain and denial I'm feeling as a fan, well, I don't want to even imagine the sorrow or affliction their family and friends must be feeling. Um, there's a quote that I personally love. No one is actually dead until the ripples they cause in this world die away. Kobe is an icon. Uh, Just say his name uh, like Jordan or Brady. Known by one name because the talent and recognition reaches out to so many. Personally, Kobe was my villain as a Spurs and Celtics fan. We we knew victory wasn't never a certainty. uh, A certainty. No matter how big the lead in the game or in the series, there was always a chance he was going to come back and stab you in the heart and just take the wind out of your sails. He was the true definition of what it meant to be an ultimate competitor. His greatness was defined by the fact that he never waited for the opportunity to score. He created it. That strive and desire to be the best went well beyond the game of basketball. He was a wonderful father of four beautiful daughters, an advocate for the women's basketball movement. A true fan of multiple sports that reached across the world, writing children's uh, books, motivational speaker that crossed to different sports and businesses, winning on the Oscar level for a short film he just uh, took the the trophy for last year. Just a true, amazing person. Everything he put his time into or his name on, you knew 
that it would just end in success. Pele wrote, success is not given. It is hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, a love of what you're doing. Something tells me this is a quote he, he loved and read often. I don't know that for sure, um, but the man, the man embodied every bit of this quote to the fullest. Kobe, uh, you'll never die because you have created tsunami-like waves that will wash over this earth, our hearts, and our minds forever. Gone too soon. You'll be missed, sir. Some really nice heartfelt words from Marty Griffin there. John, Marty wants to be angry. Oh, yeah. Be angry at Kyrie. There's someone you can be angry at. Just, you know. And when the rest of the NBA world comes together, like I said before, and they are, everyone is kind of coming together and pulling for one each other, and then a douchebag like Kyrie just is like, I'm out. Like, where, like, where do you go? Like, this is why you're, like, just the douchebag you are, because you, you peace out in tough times. So that's who he's always been and that's just what he does when when others lean in Kyrie leans out so be angry Kyrie yeah Johnny what's your uh what's your favorite Kobe moment uh for I mean selfishly it's gonna be selfishly because on the last day I think it was of the 2016 DFS season of the NBA season (laughs) Kobe was pretty cheaply priced because he did, he he was at the end of his twenty year career and but everyone knew it was his last game. Sixty points. And he scored sixty points. <laughs> and I won a ton of money that day because Kobe had won he scored so many points. So the scores were high that day, but won a lot of money that day. Like, he put up fifty shots in that game. Like yeah, he was I, throwing. It was everything. awesome, but why, still, it was it was a big win not, that day right? for me. I think I won like three grand that day. <laughs> So, yeah, that was a good day. I've been seeing this all over uh, the internet the last couple days. Uh, who was it that pump faked him with the with the ball like they was gonna hit him in the face? It didn't even um, didn't even phase him. Yeah, I know. Fuck, I, who was that? I forget who it was. I know what you're talking about. But that. yeah, no, he like almost gets smashed in the face. He doesn't even blink. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Who that it was, was that was probably my favorite Kobe moment. Or there's the uh, the eighty one point game too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's been all Toronto, over. Toronto, two thousand six. It's been all, but you know, and then we'll only touch on this briefly. But I had a friend who went to high school with him, <clears throat> Lower Marion High no School kidding. in Pennsylvania. Wow, fraternity brother of mine. Huh. Oh, yeah, wow, Andre. Very so I'm cool. sure it's gonna be hitting him hard. We'll only touch on it briefly, but uh, I just want to give a general fuck you uh, to anybody out there spreading negativity or or hate in light of this. Um, Saw a little bit of the who cares what happens to a bunch of, you know, rich people flying in a helicopter, you know, or, you know, bringing up the allegations from years past or, you know, it's just like... No, that's Facebook stuff, and I've, I've... You know what? Stop going on Facebook. That's your problem number one. Facebook fucking sucks. 
Facebook is the biggest douchebaggery world of people I do not want to be associated with. I fucking hate Facebook. Oh, Twitter's pretty vile, too. No, I know, but you don't know those people. Facebook are the people you know. (laughs) That's true. And it's like, that place is a self-righteous fucking place, and I do... That stinks. Those... That place stinks to high fucking hell. Yeah. I'm done with Facebook. You can find the Green Mountain Sports Ground up <laughs> on Facebook, Fuck Facebook at Green Mountain Sports. <laughs> oh, Those are all your fucking douchebag friends. That's where they all are. Fucking hanging out. Fucking flaunting their fucking shit in your face. Yeah. One of the things that I really liked about Kobe Bryant, just to wrap this all up, is even though he was super dominant, uh, I feel like... People don't even didn't hate him even the way they hate Tom Brady, you know what I mean? Like, uh, who hates Tom Brady? Everyone hates Tom <laughs> Brady except for you, John. Who hates Tom Brady? <laughs> but he just like really, and maybe maybe Tom has just kind of recently acquired this, uh, where he's unimpeachable. But you know, forever it's like probably the best there is. But I fucking hate him, you know. Uh, I didn't get that sense with with Kobe Bryant. I felt like everybody just respected the shit out of Kobe so much so that that his name is synonymous. Anytime you try and throw anything into anywhere, you yell Kobe. I know, right? That is funny. So, um, R.I.P. Kobe Bryant. Okay, moving right along, uh, Johnny. UFC 256. Did you buy it? Wait, which UFC are we talking about? The Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, um, no. Somebody that was over at my house, they had some illegal link for it. Ooh. And they kept, they kept popping up the illegal links. So I watched it all. It was great. So before we even get into the fight, I got to say ESPN laid an egg with this. Uh, whole format oh god what the fuck so it's like all content you don't want and then you still have to pay 65 (laughs) dollars for the stuff you do want it doesn't make any sense to me uh that being said i did go in with a buddy so uh i'm probably gonna be on it (laughs) paying my 30 bucks to watch these stupid fights the undercard was pretty underwhelming. Yeah, minus the big girls fight upset. The girl that tore ACL. And oh, yeah, that was awesome. Um, ripped her head open and the blood was pouring into the other girl's mouth. That was Macy Barber um, getting KO'd by Roxanne Mataferi. Uh <laughs> This Roxanne Mataferi lady looked like if like you're... Elementary school librarian was a UFC fighter. Like, she even talked like it was so funny. Mm. She was like, uh. But, yeah, that was awesome. So she gets her head split open, and then she's... <laughs> the, uh, Roxanne is in is in full guard, and she's just, like, pouring blood <laughs> into the poor lady's mouth. It's like, holy fucking shit. This sport is brutal. Um... Holly Holm fight was a snooze fest. Oh, she set women's women's fighting back years. That was awful. The hug fest, snooze fest. That was boring as hell. Boo. Uh, also, Holly Holm looked here. terrible. Yeah. I don't remember her like looking that bad. 
Yeah. I don't Hard know. pass on that. I don't, that fight sucked. And then, of course, uh, the main event, Conor McGregor. That was uh, cool. That was fast and furious. 40-second knockout completely obliterated uh, Donald Cerrone's nose with his shoulder. Have you ever seen anything like that? He just, like, smashed him in the face with his shoulder. Three times, yep. Three times. And it, was it was beautiful. A, and then followed it up with a brilliant kick to the face. Yeah, it was beautiful. I parlayed the McGregor win um, with the Chiefs, and then I parlayed that with the with the 49ers. I parlayed them all together. So it was a nice little weekend, gambling-wise. Lovely. Lovely trio. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. My favorite part of the whole fight, though, uh, was the end it seems like maybe McGregor's turned over turned over a new leaf or something. He was super respectful of of uh, Cowboy Cerrone, yeah, and you know gave him a kiss on the head, and then gave Cerrone's grandma a big hug, and you know said you raised a good man or something like that. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's kind of growing up a little bit, realizing that he can't. You know, once you win everything, you can't pretend to be you know the asshole with the chip on your shoulder anymore you gotta at a certain point grow up and and be the elder statesman and and hold uh hold it down with dignity but then the microphone gets to him at the end and he starts calling everybody out i'm (laughs) like okay here we go now we're back into it and they panned over to jorge masvidal and man you could have drowned a toddler in that guy's panties he was fucking wet he was ready to go he can see the dollar signs in the air man he's probably already spending that money they're gonna hook up that fight they better hook up that fight and i'll watch the shit out of it both of them big mouths big hands uh i would love to see that and connor looks great fighting at this weight yeah he did so, uh, exciting stuff on the UFC uh, horizon. Johnny, what are the chances that we cancel MLB this year? Looks like it's close to happening. I'm out. You're out? I'm out. Your guy just got traded. Starling Marte to the D-backs. My guy looks like he's about to get traded. Bookie bets to the Padres or the Dodgers. Looks like it's close to happening. Just uh, seems like the Padres and and Dodgers are kind of fighting against one another to see who gets the better bid in for Mookie, and it seems like uh, it's almost a fait accompli. It's it seems like it's happening, and it's just a matter of when and who and how much are they getting for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah, I'm... especially when the Yankees just got Garrett Cole. The Yankees killed the Red Sox last year, and they only got better. Same lineup, adding Garrett Cole, and it's like, how is things going to get better for the Red Sox? We did nothing except likely trading Mookie Betts. Like, oh, but they did re-sign Mitch Moreland to a one-year deal for $3 million today. So, Mitch Mitchie Moreland is back for the Red Sox. That's still, that does not do it for me. Yeah, I'm just going to 
take a vacation from baseball for the next, uh, we'll give it three years. Well, uh, and then, so you got the Cardinals, <laughs> who you have to worry about, who are really good. The Cubs, who have been really good. And now the Even Reds. the Brewers are pretty good. The Brewers, and now the Reds. are. They got Nicholas Castellanos to a four-year deal yesterday. And then now the Nutting's, Reds are doing it, and the Pirates are just like, so Nutting we'll has, take last. Nutting has a completely new leadership group in the clubhouse, new GM, new coach. Uh, they're going to fire sale the rest of the stars, and we're going to be in quote-unquote rebuilding mode for the next five years like we haven't been in quote-unquote rebuilding mode for the last five years and you know we had three <clears> years <throat> of success in 25 years of rebuilding yeah if not more at least the red sox got some championships yeah it's, pirates not so much man uh, and it's sad because it's one of the best parks in baseball it's a, a storied franchise and due to um Due to bad ownership, it is just... Bad ownership, bad management. I mean, that... A fucking shit show over that there. That trade, man. Even the talent they do draft trade. and de- develop, which they do notoriously poorly, they then get rid of that talent once it's matured. It's... Yep, that trade of Glass now and Meadows and Shane Baz, who's coming up this year for the Rays, I mean... You thought that Glass Now and Meadows was bad last year as a Pirates fan to watch. Wait until you see fucking Shane Baz come up for this year for the Rays. Oh my. And you have to deal with Chris fucking Archer. Ugh. Puke. Yeah, fucking I was happy puke. about it when that happened. That's like when when you uh, <laughs> when you meet somebody at the bar and you're drunk and you like fall in love at first sight and you you bring them back home to your friends and your friends are like what are you doing and you're <laughs> like no they're so nice no. we have so much fun together and then a year goes by and you regret everything that's yeah. the chris archer deal for me yeah yeah it's bad it's i was so happy when it happened remember year. i was like he's finally doing it they're it's doing not something. a great move but at least they're doing something no they like, gave up a shit ton oh. Oh, it's so bad. And to think they had Garrett Cole before and Charlie Morton before that. Uh, Melanson and... They had, yeah, they just... Your Liriano team, and... Your team just gives it up. Now the Red Sox are going to give it up. Yeah, well, you at least got a championship out of it. You True know, that. it's like... What... You know, I don't, I don't mind doing the small market team thing and... You know, only spending in windows, but uh, like when the window comes, you got to spend, you know, and we had a 98 win season, you know, uh, what was it? Five or six years back. They never maximized. They never, you know, uh, nutting was never willing to to put it up and try and go for it. And uh, that's why we suck. And that's why attendance is so bad. Yeah. In a a beautiful brand new park. Issues with the cheating and the. Yeah, it'll be curious to see how baseball goes about it this year. How, like, how, how the leagues do. Yeah, honestly, I haven't even been keeping up with it, uh, you know, because it's all kind of died down with the, the noise of everything else that's going on. But where, where does Cora stand right now? I mean, obviously he's fired, but have they... No, no new manager, nothing. Just but, like the rest of baseball, it's at a standstill. Everything moves at a snail's pace in baseball. Uh, they'll announce Cora's punishment during the Super Bowl. Yep, right. (laughs) 
All right. Well, speaking of which, Marty, we'll we'll pivot to football here. Uh, Marty has got something to say about the Pro Bowl. So let's see what it is. Can we talk real quick about the Pro Bowl and how meaningless it is? It's just something I don't think anybody watches anymore. I understand you want to give players recognitions. We can still do those announcements, but we have to do this stupid game. The skills competition is even ridiculous to watch. Uh, I tried to watch a little. I actually recorded it. want to see what it was like again, watch a little bit of the game. It is absolute garbage. And I know this is a vacation after a long year for these guys to go on with their families, have a light time, play a light game. But from a fan base, it doesn't make sense anymore. Um, here's my idea. Let's do it like an SB show. You can still announce your pro bowlers, but who's the best right tackle? Who's the best left guard? Who is the best defensive back? Best coach. Let's announce our MVP before the Super Bowl as well. Let's get all these announcements out there and treat it like an SBs with a nice, funny comedian hosting the show. Let each team have a contest where a fan can win the opportunity to announce a player or, or show up for the event, but do something fun. Maybe at the same location the week before, of the Super Bowl, you can still go on a vacation in New Orleans or Miami or Dallas when those Super Bowls uh, come to play there. But come on, let's admit, I don't even think Johnny watches this. I don't think Nesta watches I don't even know anybody who watches this shit anymore. So with that in mind, let's change it up. Let's change it and make it better. Let's make it something fun that we all enjoy and watch. Have some highlights of the year, best play of the year, best catch of the year, and do something fun with this stupid-ass thing. All right, Marty wants to fix the Pro Bowl by turning it into the ESPYs. What do you think, sure. Johnny? Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> do whatever you want. I don't. I'm not gonna watch it either way. Right. So do whatever you want. But it's for the kids, John. Think about the kids. No. Don't care. You know what I've noticed uh, about these types of things? These skill competitions. They all make th- those athletes look bad. <laughs> like Some I'd, of them, yeah. I've never seen. A couple of them work um, hardest shot, uh, you know, to to bring it to the NHL. Um, that works. Sure. Uh, I know you didn't watch any of the NHL All Star Game. I'm gonna set this uh, Pro Bowl All Star Game segment out. Okay. Oh come on. Yeah, I'm leaving you. Come here. on. Come on. Yeah, I'm gonna take a smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. There was do an all star smoke break. There was <laughs> there was something of note that happened that I thought was awesome in the NHL All Star Game was the USA versus Canada women's elite three on three game, what? dude. It was fucking awesome. Uh, Canada won two to one in a twenty minute three on three. It was it was a tough look. Uh, I love women's hockey and I love the the idea of NHL getting more involved and then you know last year of course they had the Kendall Coyne Schofield uh, fastest skater run which was awesome to see uh, and she even beat one of the guys um, and was right there in the mix the whole time um, this is not they were not prepared for this it was supposed to be a lot of goals that's the point of three on three and i think they just they they i don't know played too tight you know they didn't 
it was too defensively minded. They didn't allow for the um, exciting breakaways, you know. Uh, so it, was, it kind of fell a little flat for me. But it, it is awesome because I I do think that the NHL needs to get involved with the women's league, and then the end of the skills competition I thought was hilarious. It was like they did like a a top golf um, esque puck shooting contest from like in the crowd onto the ice, John. And first of all, Mitch Marner was taking it way too seriously. And he kept like ringing them off the top of this like giant arch. And he was getting so pissed. And again, like none of these make anybody look good at all. You know, these like skills things. And, uh, and then at the end, Ryan O'Reilly is up there and, you know, as a, as a gimmick, they have, he had, uh, Brett Hall come take, uh, his last, sh- his last shot. And he was in a, in a position to score <laughs> and fucking Brett Hall comes up. He's absolutely hammered, which I think he's been hammered since he made his resurgence, you know, on TV, uh, being a hammered mess, uh, in the blues cup run. You remember those? Right, mm-hmm. he's like, ah, clearly buckled, and he just fucking whiffs the shot so hard. Uh, it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, I had a good time with it. Um, there is clearly nothing going on in the sports landscape if I'm watching that. All right, Johnny, welcome back. Okay, I'm awake again. <laughs> I know sports fans are supposed to be into this, but I'm not sorry. Well, we won't we won't make you suffer through it anymore. Let's talk about conference championship weekend. Kind of another snooze fest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Titans got out to a good early lead. Mm-hmm. Right, seventeen-seven. Looking forward. Do you think that the Chiefs will be able to survive getting? against the 49ers getting out to another slow start? Um, I think that... Yes, I think... Yes, because here's the problem that I noticed with the 49ers and their defensive line. They let Aaron Rodgers... I was just saying Aaron Packers. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and once the second st- second half started, they there, there was no pressure on him. And he scored back to back on back to back touchdown drives on the third down. Richard Sherman gets beat for a sixty something yard touchdown to Devonte Adams. So Green Bay was able to almost come back and make it a game in the second half when the 49ers were up big. And so the, here's what my point is saying that even when the 49ers knew that the Packers and Rodgers had to be one dimensional. Pass only, and so the 49ers, the defensive line, can do what they do best, which is pin their ears back and just rush the quarterback. They still couldn't get after Rodgers and create pressure. So it doesn't say good things about if, you know, the 49ers get up about being able to do that against Mahomes. That doesn't portend or forecast good things. Mm -hmm. And I think that if the Chiefs get up big early on the 49ers, that could be trouble for the 49ers because the 49ers are, seem to me to be a team that needs to play. 
They need to dictate pace of play. They need to di- play the game on their terms in order to win. I feel like if the 49ers get behind big and they need Jimmy Garoppolo to come back and win it for them, that's when that's not the recipe for the 49ers in this game. All right. So, well, let's not bury the lead here. Let's let's get into uh, the meat and bones here of championship weekend. We'll go ahead and we'll we'll start with the the second game and uh, since we've talked about it already Green Bay and San Francisco. Okay, so the 49ers pulled this one out 37 to 20. This game was not ever really a game because it was it was uh, 27 to nothing at halftime. 49ers were up big and Raheem Mostart just had himself a day with four touchdowns. Over 200 yards rushing. What did he have, like 100-something, 150, 160-something yards without even being touched? Yeah. It, yeah, it was just like... I t- like, I told you the week before, the 49ers, or the Packers and their defense, they just don't make changes, and they, they continued to not make changes. They were getting gashed in the run game, and they were like, oh, let's not make changes. They, they didn't make changes. If I was... The Packers um, GM, I would be firing the defensive coordinator immediately the next day saying, this is embarrassing. Can't I'll, try anything? What, you're not going to try anything to, to mix it up? Stop the run? Because Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball eight freaking times in the game. Eight. <laughs> eight times. They didn't even have to pass the ball. They didn't have to. Like, we're good. We can just run it, and you're not. you don't care to stop it. Yeah, it was odd to watch. It was odd. And it was almost like, what's the point of this? And then in the second half, you know, I, I mean, I guess the 49ers, maybe, maybe they had it in the bag. And that's why their defensive line didn't all get a lot of sacks on Rodgers and cause a lot of problems because they knew that there was no coming back. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they were just kind of resigned to the fact that the game was over, but... Still, you know. Right, you don't want to give it your all and get hurt and play yourself out of a chance to be right. in the Super Bowl. Just close it. Close the game. So, Rodgers finished 31-39, 326 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, so, he did turn the ball over twice. And Garoppolo, like like I said, he was 6-8 of eight for 77 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Sherm got a chance to redeem himself there at the end. Yeah, he did get that interception. Uh, but yeah, Mostert, 220 yards, 7.6 yards, average rush, four <laughs> touchdowns. And he also, his long was only 36 yards, so that just says that it, almost every run was like a 10-yard run. He was just gashing Green Bay's horrific defense. That was embarrassing. And then we had the other game, uh, the... Tennessee Titans falling to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, 24-35. So this game, the Titans get up early, 17-7 in the first half, and they, they've got their thing going. And then once again, the Chiefs just turned it on. Mahomes passed a Tyree kill, 20-yard touchdown. Uh, Mahomes rushed to the left, 27-yard touchdown, and they're ahead 21-17 at halftime. And then they come out in the third quarter right away. Damian Williams, three-yard touchdown. They're up 
Then the next drive, Mahomes passed to Sammy Watkins, 60-yard touchdown, and boom, it's 35-17 halfway through the third quarter, and the game's over. Titans can't come back in a game like that once you get down big because you take Henry out of the game and you force Tannehill to do Tannehill things, and, you know, that's not the way for them to win. Right. So Titans had him where they wanted him early, but they just couldn't contain. They ran out of the ability and to stop Mahomes and that offensive juggernaut that is the Chiefs. And once things got going the their, the Chiefs' way, the momentum was just too much for the Titans to overcome. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's underrated, too, um, how good of a job Patrick Mahomes is doing um, protecting the ball. I mean... Well, let's not go crazy here, okay? Mahomes and the Chiefs got lucky. The Patriots lost to the Dolphins. They get a bye. And then the number one seed, Baltimore, goes out. So the road to the Super Bowl here for the Chiefs was at home against the Texans, at home against the Titans, who, yes, were a nice story, but at the end of the day, they were still just a 9-17, and right? Mm-hmm. So they beat the Texans and the Titans on the way to the Super Bowl. That's the 21st and the 26th rated defense in the NFL, according to DVO, Football Outsiders DVOA. That's not saying much. So he tore them up. Let's see how Mahomes does against the Niners. Let's see. If he carves up the Niners for four touchdowns and 350 yards, then we say, okay, Super Bowl MVP, next greatest thing since Tom Brady, sliced bread. We'll see. But until then, I am a little curious here. I mean, he's been he's been slinging the ball around a lot, and he's been making good decisions with yeah, it, as absolutely. evidenced by zero uh, interceptions yeah. thus far this playoff. So. But you know, bad bad defenses, bad defenses at home. I don't know, man. The um, the Titans looked pretty good against the Ravens. That defense they did uh, against. They still have five hundred dynam- yards of offense. Tell Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. All right. And uh, so let's get Marty's thoughts on the upcoming Super Bowl here. Well, it's Super Bowl time. I know if you're a Pats fan, you're still reeling and sad. For a Dallas fan, I'm just used to this time of year and just rooting for somebody I think I would like to see win. I'm excited about this one, guys. I'm excited about the fact that this is San Francisco against Kansas City. This is Shanahan against Reed. This is Jimmy G's rising against Mahomes coming off MVP uh, being last year, falling a little bit short. Um, I think both teams have a lot of a lot of things to prove, a big chip on the shoulders in some ways. you got Sherman on San Francisco. you got Shanahan wanting to prove something. you got Reed who's been dying to get back to the stage and wanting to win. I just think, all in all, it's going to be a highly competitive, action-packed game. I hope it lives up to be the hype. Uh, we got Kansas City, who's a point and a half favored for this. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm leaning towards San Francisco. I like the fact that this is the second-best defense in the league, going against Kansas City's sixth-best. This is the first-best uh, passing defense, which is San Francisco against the fourth-best offense. Um, I just feel like... The way Kansas City has given up a lot of points in the first half in the last two playoff games, yeah, they've come back with a storm and a bevy of points uh, scored quickly in the late second second quarter going into the second half, and their defense stepping up and closing out teams. 
who have been shell-shocked by just the uh, comeback itself. I don't think it's in the DNA, DNA of San Francisco to give up points if they can get ahead. I think it's going to be competitive, but I think if San Francisco gets the early jump, which kind of makes you feel like Kansas City could, could give up those points early again and, and that youth can just show up and be a little, uh, you know, shocked by the stage of it all being the Super Bowl, I really think San Francisco can take this. I think they're a more balanced team. They have a more balanced rushing game, straight up the gut. Kansas City's proven that it's had a hard time with the rushing uh, defense on their side of the ball. That they, you know, I just think this kid's got something to prove for San Francisco. He's running like a beast. And Jimmy G has been efficient with the football. He hasn't thrown a lot, not a lot of touchdowns, not a lot of passes in the last two playoff games. Hasn't had to be that guy relying on the defense, relying on the play calling, and especially the run. But I think a balanced run is what's going to take this and a, and a better defense than I think San Francisco has. I'll take the under on points as well, but I'm taking San Francisco. I can't wait to watch this. Curious to see what you guys think. Definitely be listening to the show and see where you go from here. All righty. Thank you, Marty. John, how do you see this game going? It's a tough call. I, I don't think anybody really knows because that, you know, even the Vegas books said it at a pick em or one, and they're just going to let the public kind of dictate where the line goes. And I think early on, the money is on Kansas City. Even, you know, even on vacation on Palm Springs, there was a ton of Kansas City fans. Weird. Like a lot of people with KC shirts on, airports, on the streets, just random KC fans. So, more of a worldwide. Uh, phenomenon than I ever expected to be I you know I'd expect you being in California it'd be a lot more Niner fans but I didn't see any of those um like I said my heart's with San Francisco I feel like my head is trying to talk me into Kansas City and Mahomes not gonna lose uh I do agree with Marty that the more well-rounded team is the Niners um I think the most pressure in this game is on Andy Reid. He's the fourth all-time, or the sixth, fourth or sixth all-time winning as coach. Sixth, I think, all-time winning as coach, and he doesn't have a Super Bowl uh, as far as wins goes. So, you know, he he needs Super Bowl win to get himself into cement cement the legacy Hall of Fame. Yeah, he he, no, could, he gets in without the Super Bowl. He gets into the Hall of very good. He gets into that Bill Cowher Hall of Fame. That's the one you're talking about. Ouchies. He doesn't get into the Hall of Great Fame. You know what I mean? (laughs) He doesn't get into the Hall of Fame inside Johnny's heart. That's right. Yeah. He's not going to get into the Brady Belichick Hall of Fame. I don't know. Last time I checked, it's all And you know what? The other thing that pissed me off on vacation in Palm Springs, (laughs) let me tell you. I'm wearing my Patriots hat and my Patriots stuff around. And they're laughing at me, giving me a hard time. We took the tram up to the top of the mountain, and there's people laughing at me. Why are you laughing at me? I've won more than anybody recently. You would love to switch places with me. What are you laughing at me for? I'm not a joke. You're a joke. Haters going to hate, Johnny. It's unbelievable. You're a joke. Your team's a joke. I am not the joke. I win. (laughs) Just because we can't win it it every single year doesn't mean I'm joke what are you third string left guard man like, right i was on. just i was so like what are you laughing at me for <coughs> get over yourself like you what am i supposed to win every year because your team sucks uh i don't know i think i, I could change but right now i'm gonna put some money on the niners 
Um, but if my head starts to sway me, I may go with the night with the Chiefs and Mahomes. But uh, that two weeks to prepare thing has always been a good thing for Andy Reid. I was, ju- I was just gonna bring it up. I'm I'm. He's going- always been key with that buy. That's the like a that's one of the most surefire numbers. Has in, Andy Reid been football. to a Super Bowl? Yeah. As a head coach, yes, with the Eagles, the Toronto Owens played on injured, but I think I think they only had one week in between on that Super Bowl. I think that was a one week Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. What was that due to a lockout or something? No, there was a, a time period there where there was only a week in between Super Bowls. Hmm. I think that that was one of them. I mean, that's one of your locks, Johnny. Andy Reid on um, on a bye on a bye week. Andy Reid, yeah, give him two weeks to prepare. I know. I know, I know. And can like, who do you trust the least at quarterback? Jimmy G. I, he can make he'll make a big big mistake throwing it to the other team. He will throw an interception in. And this there's game. gonna need to be points in this game. There's th- gonna you, the Chiefs are not gonna score ten or thirteen points. They're gonna probably score in the twenties, right? Mm-hmm. Can at the least. Niners get there? So can the Niners get there too? I don't know, man. Maybe Either way, this is going to be an entertaining game. I think I so hope, too. I hope it's going to be really high scoring. I, I you know, I would love to see, um, you know, a tennis match here. A back and forth. Yeah. Over. I think the over under is fifty three or fifty four right now. Um, Marty said he was taking the over. Under. He said under. Um, let's see. Fifty four and a half right now. Hard to go under in these Super Bowls, but last year was under by a mile. That thirteen to three Patriots over the Rams—that was a snooze fest. I think the Chiefs are just gonna—they're an unstoppable force, and I'm—I'm I'm not sure that the 49ers are an immovable object. So the 49ers have that really good pass defense. I'm going—I'm going to go over. You know what? Because if you go. Okay, so say you throw 100 or 200, whatever your bet size is. Say you do 100 on the Niners, 100 on the Chiefs. I think, worst case scenario, you lose one of them. I don't think you'll lose both of them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think you'll either get the Niners to win or you'll get the uh, over to hit. I think that might be a good way to go there to kind of cover yourself. Niners... Do a hundred on the Niners, hundred on the over, or whatever your bet size is. Keep it the same, and I think that's the way to go. Right, because if the Chiefs win, it's gonna hit the over. Exactly. That's smart, Johnny. Exactly. That's very smart. Yeah, because if the Chiefs have their way, they're in the which they're gonna score points. Mm-hmm. I'm right. taking the Chiefs in the over. Okay, so you're going all in. Yeah. I'm so I'll down. do a little hedgy hedgy fest here. That's what I'm planning on today. My little hedge fest. <laughs> Is uh, I'll, I'll go Niners in the over. See, John, if you got in, in into the financial world, hedge funds would take on a whole new meaning for you. <laughs> Johnny McKedgey. This is this is just the money I use to cover the bets. I'm not sure about. <laughs> it's my hedge fund. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, are you excited for who is it? J Lo and. There's gonna be what Pitbull. Shakira, J-Lo, all the Miami superstars, right? Oh, shit. All the Miami superstars are going to be out. It's going to be a hot Latino time out That's there, man. right. Who do you think the like surprise guest is going to be? Mark Anthony. Oh, Mark Anthony would be a good pull. 
Uh, what about like Daddy Yankee or? Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know any of the any of the new ones. Gloria Stefan. Oh, that would be. You're yes. so right that you actually cancel everything yeah. we just said. It's going to be Gloria Stefan. You heard it here first. Come shake your body, baby. I was just thinking conga. that. No, you can't control yourself any longer. longer. Feel the rhythm of the music getting stronger. Don't do that. Don't do it. Alright, that's enough of that. That's it. That's the song. Gloria. Yeah, she is the Latin beat. Alright. Well, whatever happens, it's going to be a good time. I hope the commercials don't suck as much as they did last year. I was really let down by the commercials last year. but Everything was a let down last year. I had to go to the fucking emergency room in the Super Bowl last year. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That killer ear infection. Jesus Christ. Well, let down or not, we're going to give you the breakdown next week. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks to Marty for calling in. Uh, You can find our stuff on Facebook on Instagram, on uh, anywhere you get podcasts. I'm working on getting us on more platforms. And uh, hit Johnny up at Green Mountain... Hit Johnny up at Green Mountain Grinder on Twitter, Green MT Grinder, and then you can get the podcast at Green MT Sports on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. So uh, like, subscribe, tell your friends, do the thing. And have a great week. Yeah, have a great week. And don't forget, you can bet New Hampshire. So cross those state lines to get in New Hampshire and put your prop wagers in or whatever you want to do. But Wait, so you can like download the app and just like go... Go over the state line across and place the, the bets the and there line. you go. Good to go. Yep. All right. Well, Geolo- geological fencing or whatever it's called. Geographic fencing, something like that. Hmm. So yeah, state line. That's all you need to be. There we go. All right. Have a good week.